0: Good morning there, welcome to Driving Theology. This is Mike and I'm just a bit out of wind, walking to the car, getting ready for work today and uh, glad you guys are going to be with me. I was just thinking this morning that if I didn't record this podcast on this drive every week, I don't know what I'd do like I want to do it you know it's (laughs) it's become my my routine for sure to say the least Uh, coffee check this morning I'm drinking um, some uh, Tanzania that I roasted uh, suppose last Thursday so it's been about six days kind of a medium, medium dark roast we'd call probably city, city roast. Uh, Tanzania, I think, is uh, basically from the area uh, close to Kenya, uh, the coffee is, and uh, Kenyan Kenyan and Tanzanian coffees are becoming very, very popular, I may have talked about this last week, so Anyway, that's what I'm drinking today, and it's really good. Turned out good. I changed the grind just a little bit this morning, and I mixed in oh, I don't know, somewhere around just 10% uh, of that uh, that good um, Sumatran honey that I've got, that Indonesian coffee. I had just a, just a few grams of that left, so I snuck that in here just to use it up, and man, I kind of like it. I don't know if the honey gives it a... gives it much character at all, but I do like it better today than it turned out yesterday. I can say that for sure, so maybe there's something to it. Well, we are here in the middle of March, in fact, I... I don't even remember what the date today is. Um, uh, Looks like March 18th. Oh my gosh, this is my daughter Erica's birthday. I'm gonna need to call her later. Uh, She's in America right now. Um, So the whole world's closing down, more or less. The the whole uh, first world. No concerts, no classes, uh, no gathering much of any kind, even places in the states I heard are closing down their restaurants. Uh, No restaurants are to be open, Uh, only takeout food is allowed. Trying to keep people isolated from one another uh, in order to control the spread of coronavirus. When I say control, because I don't think we're going to stop it, and I don't think anybody expects it to be stopped, but if we slow it down, <coughs> uh, it sort of becomes like, uh, I don't know, maybe something like, uh, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, letting you down slowly kind of thing. If we, if we all contact... Uh, contract the coronavirus at a rate in which the hospitals can handle then fewer people are going to die because of lack of care and I think that's what almost every country is trying to do right now just slow down the spread as much as possible Uh, there are some countries however or cities that have not been able to do that I think there are a few cities in the states that are having a really hard time and And, of course, the country of Italy, uh, as well as the UK, I think, is having a little bit bigger of a spread. Somehow Japan, so far, um, Japan may be the one country that's gotten ahead of it, but maybe not. Like, maybe that's just, you know, political propaganda to make us feel safe, I don't know. we will find out though, we will find out, but but here we are, nonetheless, uh, washing our hands as crazy as possible, as often as possible, and as long as possible, um, wearing masks, trying not to gather uh, too much with other people, especially who have been in contact with uh, travelers to countries with huge outbreaks, or even cities, I suppose, in Japan that have Probably people traveling to or from Hokkaido is a bad deal, is my guess, a bad, bad idea. Um, Hokkaido is the island in northern Japan that I think has had the, the greatest number of outbreaks to this point, or the greatest number of uh, cases, I should say. All in all, it looks like once it all comes out in the wash, which could be still several months away, God forbid. Um, I don't think it's going to end up being necessarily worse than a flu uh, epidemic that happens every year. They try to contain that as well uh, as much as possible, but people just are not as vigilant about the flu as they have been about coronavirus. Coronavirus is new. It's somewhat of an of an unknown, and so I think I think people are um, more afraid of it because it is a bit of an unknown, right? There's more fear involved with Corona than there is generally generally with the flu. Um, so yeah, people are being uh, super vigilant, and I wonder. What's going to come of this vigilance? I wonder if it will work, or if we will find out that uh, human effort is is woefully lacking uh, in its ability to control the spread of this virus. I don't know. Uh, we will find out someday, someday. But in the meantime, the world has changed for a bit. Um, it's it's been rocked on its axis, so to speak. Um, a new layer to everything we do, a new level of this or that. Um, but by and large, I mean, if I'm being honest with myself, it's just a normal year for me as, as far as physically going, you know, I haven't gotten that as far as I know. I did have a cold for a while just before this all happened, uh, probably from, I don't know, the last 1st of February, something like this. It could have been something like that, but I don't know. I never ran a fever and didn't go to the doctor. So if it was, it was a very light case. Uh, And I feel like I'm over it now. But um, I suppose the lesson to be learned here, uh, especially if we find ourselves somewhat successful in, in controlling the spread of this virus, is that uh, we we can, if vigilant and and working uh, in conjunction with each other, can alleviate the spread of a disease, and that's great. That's good news, right? If if uh, if we can do that, we could we could maybe stop the common cold. We could stop influenza. Uh, maybe all kinds of viruses. If we worked as hard as we are. Uh, with with this virus, uh, so maybe that's that's going to be the the lesson we need to learn is that hey, you know, isolation when you're sick uh, is a good and important thing, uh, and you should do it all the time when you have any kind of an infection, infectious disease. You know, think of other people. Uh, now, you know, a lot of us, myself included, it's it's expensive to take off work, and and actually this this, this virus is costing me, uh, money. And you know, it could could run pretty high by the time it's all said and done, because my business, um, is really affected by this. You know, that's, it's something that, uh, it is not, you know, just a little thing for me. Uh, although, uh, I can see where we can make it through a month or two um, if we have to, but at some point we're gonna have to turn this thing around and and big time. Um, And the the worst thing is we were already seeing a a bit of a downturn in business before this happened. And this is happening in our recruiting season, which means we can't recruit uh, in the ways that we usually do. So here we are. I know I've been talking about this virus for a while, but um, that's what is on every channel of the news, that's all over the, what's on social media, and on all of the internet news outlets, and and pretty much the news in the world right now is coronavirus, and everything else uh, has taken a backseat. But... um, I don't want to talk about the virus all the time unless there's some kind of a useful uh, tangent that uh, it takes us on. So I'm going to go back to something I also have talked a lot about, but something that's important to me, and it's the case for universalism. And Patrick, my good friend who's who's been on the podcast, uh, and I have been... We pretty much talk about this every time we're together, and we've been spending some time together this week working on a few projects at my house. and. I appreciate you, Patley, great, greatly, you, Patley. I, I, I appreciate you, Patley. I appreciate you, Patrick. Greatly is what I meant to say. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so universalism is the idea that salvation is a given for. Everyone and everything in the entire creation, salvation is a given, and therefore, no matter what we do in this life, God will save us in the end. <clears throat> the opposite of that, um brings in the idea of an eternal hell. Uh, The idea of eternal hell is that we are accountable for what we do in this life, and if we don't obey God, then we will be in hell forever. No exceptions, right? Um, And obeying God... If people really boiled it down, I think oftentimes will come down to uh, being baptized or making some kind of a public profession of faith and not doing anything so bad uh, that you could lose that salvation. Now, the the list of things so bad... um, Generally, would contain murder or suicide, uh, and other things, probably rape and, and incest, and, and you know, general, general sexual stuff like that would probably fall in there. And what would also fall into that category for many people would be homosexuality, um, any kind of transgenderism, anything like that, uh, committing any of those those so-called sins uh, would uh, disqualify you uh, to live in paradise uh, and qualify you to spend your eternity in hell. Hell is is a place of uh, fire and brimstone and weeping and gnashing of teeth and and eternal pain and and eternal hunger, uh, eternal thirst. Or a lot of the ideas that come up. Um, but basically, you are in extreme discomfort for eternity, right? <clears throat> Generally, people come to Christ from one of these two camps. Either they already think uh, that the whole world will be saved, uh, or Uh, They're coming to Christ so that they will be one of the ones who will be saved, right? They believe in this idea of eternal punishment. But the Bible is, I would say, at best, at best, unclear on either stance. If universalism is the truth, then it is something that you are going to have to come to through wrestling with the Scripture and discerning the Scriptures. Right? Discernment. Uh, this idea of, of wise understanding, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, using your wisdom uh, to understand what exactly the Scriptures are saying. Uh, if you do that, you can come to an understanding of universalism, I believe. However, if you already are bent toward the idea of punishment is good, that if people do something wrong they should be punished, um, and you open the Bible, you're going to see that, right? You're going to see what you already believe is true, and you will latch onto those things. Uh, this is the idea of a hermeneutic, right? The idea that, that you have a lens, and everything you perceive in the world uh, must pass through this lens, or a filter if you will, uh, and then you see what what is already in the filter, more or less, right? The filter helps you categorize uh, what you see into, into categories that you already uh, believe kind of exist, I guess is one way to put that. Um, so universalism and the, in the case for universalism, universalism is extremely strong, but I would say that you can't just lean on the Bible for that. Right. The Bible itself is, is a collection of all kinds of views. Right. And the same thing, if, if you, if you want to make your case for eternal punishment, you can't rely solely on the Bible because there's information there uh, that will support either case, right? Um, one thing that uh, Patrick and I talk about is they had this idea of good news or the gospel, right? Glad tidings, it's also called. Um, that Only one of those positions, to me, is good news for everybody. Obviously. Right? Only one of those positions is good news for everybody. And that's obviously universalism. The argument comes from people who, who believe in eternal punishment the argument comes well what are we doing here then why even try to do good right what's what's the point of following God if everybody's in anyway and you know that's it's it's just like um, you know, the, the the worker who pays everybody the same wage regardless of how many hours they work or how, how hard they work right they're like well I'm why should I work hard I'm just going to take it easy because he's paying everybody the same thing anyway right it's it's such a bad argument I mean it's it's horrible because it what it what it means is basically everybody's a child and they're only doing something to get something that the only the only reason they do anything good is for the benefit that they get from it from from doing good deeds for example it's a horrible argument because if good is good and we should do good regardless of the outcome right which i think is pretty spot on with the message of Jesus good is good to do because it's good it's for the benefit of others not for the benefit of yourself if you already if your salvation is only to benefit yourself then you are selfish and and by your own definition right unchristlike it's a selfish stance okay there, there are all kinds of great reasons to go, to do good. Do good because it's good. And it's good for people. If you do good for the sake of doing good, then you are loving others. If you're doing good only for the benefit that it brings you, then you are only loving yourself. right? And already you're not Christ-like. The good news is, no matter how selfish you are, no matter how unlike Christ you are, uh, His salvation is going to be enough to bring you into His into His communion, into His community, into His presence. And this is great news for everybody, right? It's good news that finally Universalism makes the Gospel, Gospel. Um, and that's something that's sorely needed in the world. We need a message that is good news. You know, in this in this time of, of uncertainty, of, you know, um, this disease that's spreading, the world is in dire need of the message that Jesus loves them. Uh, he has their future all shored up. Everything has been decided. The victory is won, right? Everybody has a ticket, which they can't lose, by the way. Everybody has a ticket. Uh, this is the news we need. This is, this is the kind of stress uh, alleviating message that would bring a lot of hope and peace and joy to the world but no matter what you've done or what you do you have a God who has gone to the cross for you who has endured immeasurable suffering on your part for you so that you would know the kind of God that he is without a doubt the kind of God that would die for you but would never make you die for him The kind of God who would take your pain, but doesn't wish you to have any pain at all. This is the kind of God we have. And this is is where the wrestling of Scripture has brought me. Now, it hasn't brought everybody to the same place. And it's okay, even if you don't understand universalism, even if you don't believe that Jesus is going to save the whole world and every person in it, animal, stone, rock, leaf, blade of grass. Even if you don't believe that, he's still going to save you. and That's good news. It's good news because now you realize you don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be the richest or the fastest or the smartest or the most righteous, you don't have to be the most loving, that no matter how many times you fail, Jesus does not hold it against you, and he has reserved an equal portion for you in a glorious future, an equal portion. equal to the likes of, probably, Christ himself, or the greatest apostles, or Mother Teresa, or the Virgin Mary, or Moses, or Abraham, David, Elijah, John, Paul, Peter, any of the popes, Saint Nicholas, Right? All, of these, all of these people who we have revered through history, your portion is going to be the same as theirs. That's amazing. Right? That's good news. That is really good news. And I think we all need that right now. Because with, with that news, I can... I can breathe easier, I can take deeper breaths that I, you know, whether I get Corona, whether I accidentally cause somebody else to get Corona, uh, whether I, I wash my hands every hour or if I forget to sometimes, whether my actions have hurt others, of which I am sorry by the way, because I know they have. The good news is none of that's gonna be counted against me and none of it's gonna be counted against you or anyone else. That doesn't mean that in this life you will not have suffering. In fact, that's a direct, direct quote. In this life you will have suffering by Jesus. Jesus said that. In this life you will have suffering, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus has undone the systems of the world that create all of this suffering. And our future is beyond that suffering. Take heart, I have overcome the world. In this life you will have suffering. Take heart, I have overcome the world. need good news. There's no better place to go than to the words of Jesus. No better place. Um, Yeah, that's good news. And so many people are suffering regardless of coronavirus. right? There are places in the world that coronavirus might even be a relief because they get attention and maybe uh, aid and food and medicine. I don't know. All the things that they've been lacking. Uh, There are people in need, and actually, when we anonymously and uh, unconditionally give to people, we are we are participating in the same gospel that Jesus has promised for us, right? We're participating in the same gospel. And that is, no matter what you've done, I want to help you alleviate your suffering. That's the gospel in action. when we do that as believers in Christ, or as human beings, period, even if you don't know Christ, but if you, if you, uh, if you act like Christ, if you act in opposition to the systems of the world, if you love unconditionally and give unconditionally, uh, then then Christ is working in you, regardless of of your name for it. You may you may call it your guardian angel, or you may call it uh, your better side, or, or taking the high road, or you know something like that. You c- you could call it all kinds of things. Um, but if if there is something in you. That is working against the systems of the world, then then that thing is Christ, whether you know it or not. Um, now, is there every advantage to knowing Christ? I believe so. I think it it is of every advantage to know Christ. Uh, I think I think there's so many things in in this life that are settled. Um, better, that that we have more answers to what's going on in the world in Christ. But that doesn't mean that you can't act like Christ, that we can't have Christ working through us even if we don't know His name. We are all made in His image after all. We are the image bearers of Christ. That is our main vocation. wonderful vocation, that is. And we all have it. Now, not all of us um, bring it forth very well. And none of us do. uh, None of us exhibit Christ's character uh, consistently, right? We all struggle to allow Christ to live through us. Regardless of that, the image is there. It may be deeply embedded. Um, but it's, it's necessary to alleviate the suffering of, of those around you. Um, so let it out. Let out your good nature, your guardian angel. Uh, take the high road. Do good for the sake of doing good. And in so doing, you will acknowledge Christ in you. If you, like so many of us, are still entrapped in sin or you know uh, feeling the consequences of, of your own choices um, that are less than stellar, take heart, right? Take heart. Suffering has been promised to us But we can take heart because Christ has overcome the world. He's overcome the world systems. And the world system, I believe the biggest message of the world system is, if you do good you will be rewarded, if you do bad you will be punished. And I believe the whole world system, uh, I haven't really thought this through, but this is, maybe this is the underlying principle of the world system, right? That, that your salvation depends on your performance. Right? Uh, but Jesus has overcome that system and he's come to say, nope, I won't hold it against you. In this life you will have suffering. Jesus himself suffered. He suffered greatly. He suffered all the way to the point of death, right? His suffering was so great that it it took his life. But take heart, he has overcome the world. That suffering did not have the last word. He rose from the dead. There is life after death. There is life after death. There is life beyond suffering. We call that heaven. Some people call that nirvana or paradise, oblivion, uh, Elysium, right? All of these words for heaven, and everybody has a different idea of what it what it will be like. But um, I think I think the Bible gives some, maybe some of the best ideas of what heaven will be like. Regardless of what will be there, we, we know what won't be there. And that's tears, and sadness, and sorrow, and hunger, and thirst, and want, and sickness, and death. Right? Those things will be gone. Uh, the case for universalism is strong. The reasons to know Christ in this life are strong. They're very strong. You have to wrestle with with everything, right? You have to wrestle with your knowledge and and the Bible and, and other sources to come to this conclusion. But it's the only conclusion, I feel, that is congruent, is that the right word? that matches, that fits, the heart of Jesus. It's the only conclusion that matches the character of Jesus. Okay? Uh, And, yep, I'm getting close to my destination, maybe a little shorter today than usual, but that's not a bad thing, is it? Wash your hands, stay home whenever possible, Uh, stay away from uh, big crowds of people, unless you can take some love and caring to big crowds of people, that you can actually do them good. There are many people that are going to need, uh, number one, a, a message of good news. Number two, they're going to need that message of good news packaged in some kind of physical act. Uh, whether it's, you know, helping out with, with this or that or actually uh, donating money to help people who can't work during this time. Uh, there's going to be a lot of gospel in action needed. Um, and there always has been and there always will be until such a time that things culminate in Christ and, and, and the, the final final victory over death is won. hope that comes soon I really do um, I'll just leave you again with this message message from Jesus which is in this life you will have suffering but take heart.